Woo! <laughs> ah, gotcha. The scares have already started here on Ooh Spooky, the podcast where we go through uh, the spookiest book in all of creation. It showed up at our door one day and it had a note on it that said, do yet another podcast. <laughs> with there aren't enough in the world. My name's Adam Knox. This is... Luke Amalo. And this... Peter Jones. And the three of us are here to take you through some of the world's most frightening tales from a book <laughs> called... Mysteries of the Unexplained. Dean, Dean. <laughs> Dean, 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 Dean. Sorry, I've left the uh, I've left Dean. the reverb on in the edit. Uh, yeah, it's, if you haven't listened to this before, it's basically a book full of spooks, and we go through one scare by one, and uh, one scare at a time. <laughs> well, they're not necessarily scares; they're just mysteries. Yeah, they're just kind of more <laughs> mysteries and spooks. And it's easy. I keep conflating it with like Halloween stuff. It's like, oh, it's not really that. It's just mysteries. Yeah. I guess it's... Okay, well, I mean, this is the paranormal. detective there's podcast. There's ghost stories. There's ghost stories. Some there's of scary. aliens. There's well, so there's five categories. Spooks. Every week we go through one story from each of the five. Mm-hmm. What are um, the categories, Pete? The categories are... Shit! <laughs> Shit! What are the categories? <laughs> Flip those pages, dude. Flip them pages. Uh, beyond the walls of time. So that's like predictions or unusual happenstances. Yeah. The same person was born with the same name. <laughs> Two years apart. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Spot oh. is spooky. Uh, then there's unearthly fates, so that's people dying in weird ways or weird stuff happening to uh, creatures and the such. Uh, then there's monsters and more, which is like monsters and more. <laughs> and the unquiet sp- sky, so that's like shit coming from above, like uh, aliens or toads. frogs. <laughs> and then in the realm of miracles, which is like, well, what if Jesus was... Uh, just tapping you on the shoulder. Tap, tap, tappy. I, Jesus would have been pretty spooky back in the day. Like, how'd you make that wine? People did get... I guess that's why they crucified... Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, shit. Shit. We figured it out. They he crucified was, him because he was spooky. <laughs> he, was like an, he was like Rob Zombie of his day. <laughs> I was like, whoa, what's up with this cunt? <laughs> Holy shit. Dude, I heard Jesus got one of his ribs removed. So I know that's not Rob Zombie. Before you send in letters to the email address we haven't set up yet for the podcast. <laughs> hey, email them straight to me. lukamala93 at gmail.com. All right. That was a mistake, but... Uh, out there, baby. <laughs> Lukamullen93 at gmail.com. Send any of your spooky stories there. Before, for this week, we get into our spooky stories. Peter Jones, the bookmaster, will take us through. In the fall of 1974. Now, shut up for one yeah. second. <laughs> Sorry. What category? Yeah, what category? Is what this? is this? Popery? This is Unearthly Fates. <laughs> All right, Unearthly Fates. Now I'm ready. In the fall... You've of- said that before. Okay, right. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I wasn't listening because I already knew I wanted to hear the category first. So do <laughs> Unearthly fates. In the fall of 1974, a Minnesota farmer came upon a dead cow. Oh, that is spooky. <laughs> That's unearthly. <laughs> the cow had an unearthly fate. Huh? Where are we talking? Like, on its butt, on its chest? Where are we talking? <laughs> udders. Right on the udders. Dude, what was the first person to come on a cow? <laughs> please, gentlemen, please. It's 1974. A Minnesota farmer. Bit of just... milk for you. <laughs> oh, I can see why you cows do this all the time. Uh, is it pasteurized? No, it went right in the face. <laughs> Uh, 
There he is. The Minnesota Firebird <laughs> came upon a dead cow in his fields and found that the udder, the sexual organs, and one ear were missing. Okay. According to the farmer, the udder had been removed by a diamond-shaped incision. <laughs> okay, so this is the farmer telling the story to somebody else <laughs> afterwards. He's like, I don't know. I wouldn't have cut in the shape of a diamond, so it probably it doesn't make sense that it was me. This is spooky. <laughs> Try and exp- I guess you can't explain it. Yeah. Sexual organs were cut out. What do you mean? They were just cut out. Just not. <laughs> there, there's definitely not going to be an explanation if you open any of my cupboards. So. <laughs> you just told us how you came on that dead cow. I was like, yeah, before I realised the organs were cut out. If I had to guess, I reckon someone cut out that pussy and took it to the fridge. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just like a guess. Who could have done it? Yeah. That's what you hear about these things. That's what happens, you know? I'll <laughs> pussy in the fridge. So, the, the, Have I shown you my new diamond-shaped knife? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't used it yet, that's for sure. Speaking of hard as a diamond, can you please leave? I've got to open my cupboard and get something out. <laughs> Is that the end of it? That's the end of it. Uh, a, an animal ate it. You reckon an animal ate it? Yeah. I reckon the farmer definitely cut off the udder yeah, of that cow like a creep. <laughs> and then was like, his wife was like, what happened to the cow? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell the newspapers. He cut out like the, the udder and the vagina of the cow, which they were afraid to say, but I'm not afraid to say it. The he, sexual organs. Yeah. <laughs> vagina. <laughs> Is it called a vagina on a cow? Dude, is it called a vagina on a cow? <laughs> yeah, good point. Whatever it is, the, the udder and the sexual, he cut them out and then he's like, oh, this is suspicious. I cut off the ear. No one will suspect it then. <laughs> yeah, just one of the ears was gone. I like the, the idea of his wife being like, oh, we've got to tell the newspapers. This is crazy. He's like, uh, okay. And then the newspaper man's around. It's like, so what happened? Uh, so like... The sexual organs were cut out <laughs> with a diamond-shaped incision. We've got to take this to the, the mainstream media. All across the nation need to hear, okay? S- sitting there sweating on every... <laughs> <laughs> Dripping with sweat. Yeah. So it could have been like a dog. Well, um, <laughs> Mr. President, I think that uh, really it, it, there's no explanation. We shouldn't look into it any further. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That was <laughs> one of the strangest he, things I've ever heard put really in a book. Gives a, yeah, yeah, what a thing to write. <laughs> he really gives away his intentions by calling them sexual organs, not yeah. reproductive organs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, this was a particularly sexual cow. <laughs> I know that cow well, and that is its sexual organ. <laughs> yeah, so I think someone used a knife to cut out the lovemaking. Mr. Editor, the book is up to uh, 79,843 words. (laughs) We need one more story. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Flicks all the way back to to the end of the filing cabinet. I've got this. (laughs) Look, it was in the no pile, but. We have yeah, a contract. Farmer who <laughs> fucked his dead cow. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that he was like, well, if I fucked it while it was still on the body, that'd be gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, better take the three items that I fucked away from it. <laughs> the udder, the sexual organs, and one ear. <laughs> and yes, the ear. <laughs> After the first ear, is like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is wrong. <laughs> I understand it is not in 74. <laughs> but even now. We've invented the television. 
The summer of love is long since over. <laughs> For me, the 60s ended when... <laughs> I came in a dead cow's ear. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> what was that? Unearthly delights, unearthly mysteries, unearthly fates, unearthly fates, unearthly delights. <laughs> <laughs> so this this one is from um this is from uh, monsters and more. This Ooh. is uh, this is a story of Resurrection Mary. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Mary was a cow killed in nineteen seventy four. Dude, Re- Resurrection Mary fell off the ladder. She'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> For a number of years, motorists driving along the Archer Avenue in Chicago... Chicago... <laughs> <laughs> That's the Japanese Chicago. <laughs> chicago <laughs> <laughs> In Chicago Southside. Would you say murderers driving along? Uh, motorists. Oh, okay. <laughs> motorists driving along uh, Archer Avenue in Chicago Southside have reported giving rides to a beautiful young hitchhiker, a blonde wearing a white gown that seemed to date from the 1920s or 1930s. The drivers are said to be mostly single males. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and the girl often jumps into their cars uninvited, saying that she needs a ride home. Home turns out to be the Resurrection Cemetery at 7200 South Archer Avenue. And when the car draws level with it, the hitchhiker gets out, sometimes opening the car door, sometimes passing right through it. Walks up to the closed wrought iron gates and passes through them, disappearing into thin air once inside the cemetery. Resurrection Mary, as the spectre has been named, is said to be the ghost of a young Polish girl who was killed in an auto accident while being driven home from a dance at the O. Henry Ballroom. (laughs) The vacuum shop? (laughs) (laughs) O. Henry? Yeah. How was the O. Henry Ball? Oh, it sucked. (laughs) 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 Whatever. I don't don't think that's the O. Henry's like a little vacuum cleaner that there is. Is it? I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a little face. It, it's an American thing, but uh, the, it, oh yeah, 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 little the cartoon little, face, little drawn cartoon on, face on the vacuum. Yeah, and the the vacuum bit is his mouth. Right. Well, it's now named the Willowbrook Ballroom. Ah, an even better vacuum cleaner <laughs> <laughs> on Archer Avenue in 1931. So that's it. she was died in 1931, and is buried in her party dress and dancing shoes in the Resurrection Cemetery. Leave her in the shoes. <laughs> Should we change her? Nah, nah. I reckon she'd want to be remembered for that dance where she died. <laughs> if I know Polish Mary, as we currently call her while she's living, one life Mary would absolutely want to be buried in her dancing shoes. One night in, 19, in December 1977, a motorist noticed a young woman dressed in white standing inside the cemetery gates. Uh-huh. Picture this. She was looking out and holding onto the iron bars of the gates. Thinking that the girl had been inadvertently locked inside the cemetery, the motorist called the police. But by the time the patrol car appeared, the girl had vanished. Uh. The officer beamed his searchlight into the cemetery, but he saw nothing. He and the motorist did notice, though, that two of the iron bars in the gate were bent apart, and that at the point where they were bent were the marks seemingly etched into the iron of two small hands. Wait a minute. Resurrection Mary had hands. <laughs> if I know anything about Polish dancers in 1931, fuck, they love to bend some bars. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, young blonde women from the 30s have the strength to bend iron. <laughs> Do you reckon that was... Uh, I also like the... 
the guys like mostly single men were like, "Oh, here we go." Yeah. <laughs> Someone's got so um. They get home and their wife is like, uh, "So Jeremy was driving home the other night, and um, his wife tells me he saw he saw you in a car with a with a young blonde woman. <laughs> Can you explain that?" Oh, <laughs> in the thirties, uh, <laughs> I was just—I I didn't know she was a ghost. She was a ghost. That's why I was driving with someone else in the car. Yeah, she got out. Did she open the door? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say no. She was strong enough to bend iron. So that was—I tell you what—she had a hell of a grip. <laughs> Me, a horny young man in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> There's all, a, a lot of ghost stories seem to happen on roads. There's often like a, you'll be driving down this road and you'll see, you know, Spook Johnson at the corner of the road. Spook but Johnson? I, yeah. You've also seen Spook Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the little Polish ghost. What did she die? 1931. 1931, <laughs> she died in an automobile accident coming home from the dance. Returns to... At the O. Henry Ballroom. <laughs> Just absolutely fixing to get back to the motherland for the Holocaust. <laughs> 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 get me over there! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I got my dancing shoes on and I'm going home! <laughs> yeah, uh, that, like... It, the ghosts who kind of don't do anything... They just kind of, they go about their life thinking that they're still kind of alive. I mean, she knows she lives in a cemetery. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of dumb. It's just like, oh, she wants to lift home to the cemetery. Yeah, why does she think she lives in the cemetery? If Wouldn't she, she want to go back to the ballroom? Yeah, she died before being in the cemetery, as most people <laughs> yeah. do. And so she would want to go to her home in, and they listed the address of the cemetery. So be like, we know the, we've Googled it. So, oh, I guess not in 1982 when this book was released, but. Yeah. So Shit, explain how they, that. How did they come up with the address? In oh, no. Sometimes she floats through the gates and then on the last one she bends them open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes she opens the door, sometimes just floats through. Yeah. A lot of stories about this ghost don't add up. I don't think Resurrection Mary might not be real. Huh. All right, Resurrection Mary. She's um, pretty innocuous. <laughs> well, they give her a lift home. Oh, that's also weird. Like, are mm. they chatting? Yeah, good point. They don't mention hey, that. So, do they? Uh, you live around here? <laughs> I used to. <laughs> You've you been dancing? A long time ago. <laughs> I like that she's like, a long time ago, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the 30s. <laughs> I owe this big Polish. <laughs> it's like me talking to anyone who's giving me a lift. It's like, how long have you been working today? <laughs> Busy night. <laughs> oh, seems pretty good that you get to pick your own hours with Uber. <laughs> <laughs> Much right. better than taxis, if you ask me. <laughs> Do you ever get any like weird people in here? <laughs> Is this an Uber pool? We'll pick up a ghoul on the way. <laughs> Should have just said Uber ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Resurrection Mary and the cow fucker. <laughs> I'm into this so far. That is, uh, yeah. If I could. Um, that <laughs> the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Is just those two. <laughs> <laughs> those are the two. You DJ- go ahead and get a lift home, and while I'm going to stay here with this cow. <laughs> yeah, I went through a few DJ names before I settled on my one. <laughs> I was playing under Resurrection Mary for a long time. 
But uh, I think the cow fucker was when I really started to get into like my grime era. <laughs> it was really grimy. I don't know enough about DJs <laughs> to continue with this riff. So this is from uh, this is uh, beyond the walls of time. So we're going to take a story from beyond the walls of time. Okay. In 1858, if you can believe it, Robert <laughs> Fallon of Northumberland, England was accused of cheating in a poker game at the Bella Union Saloon in San Francisco and shot dead. The end. No. <laughs> since money was since money won by cheating, six hundred dollars in this case was thought to be unlucky. Fuck, that's a lot. That's a, a long minute. game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have been here for weeks. Uh, was thought to be unlucky. So money won in cho- cheating was thought to be unlucky. The other players called in the first available passerby to take the dead man's place, confident that they would soon win the money back. By the time the police arrived, though, the new player had turned the original $600 into $2,200. These guys were particularly bad at cards. I don't know if anyone was cheating their way to them losing money. It's like, well, we've lost $600 with cheating. Let's get in this passerby who knows nothing of the game. Sit him down. Oh, we've lost way more money. Why do I continue to be the richest slash unluckiest man? In all of San Francisco. <laughs> so he's got 1,600 real dollars, but 600 cheap dollars. Yeah. When the police asked for the $600 so they could pass it on to the dead man's next of kin, the young stranger proved that he was Fallon's son who had not seen his father for seven years. Whoa. So the stranger they pulled off on... The, from, pulled off on. <laughs> the stranger they pulled off was the guy's son. <laughs> Imagine that. Police brutality was way different back then. <laughs> 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 the cops are so harsh They just mash it <laughs> I also like the guy This Fallon son's just like uh, He's just sitting there And he's winning all that cash He's like Just looks at the dead body On the ground next <laughs> yeah. to him. He's like I think that's my dad <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen him in seven years It's probably not him This sounds like these people Just it's fell me, Jimmy Fallon <laughs> <laughs> They just fell for a grift I feel like, like that's yeah. what they fell for. I feel yeah. like a guy just came in and was like, oh, yeah, I'm his son. Prove it. All right. Dad, no. <laughs> You're dead. Oh. <laughs> that's, that seems about right. Tell us his address then. Uh, I haven't seen him for seven years. He's probably oh, moved. This all checks out. Yeah. You can keep the... Si- so he just wanted the 600 bucks, but he could have given away the 600 bucks and kept the rest of it. Yeah. Well, and then He's the police, still won freaking heaps. The police were only asking about the 600 that the dead man had won. They're like, you killed him. We won't ask about that. But that $600, you owe him that. His family deserves to have that. And he, the guy's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm his family. Yeah, yeah that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me, I'm his son. I haven't seen him in seven years. Yeah. I, uh, no, I can prove. Uh, ask me any question, Copper, and I can prove that I'm his son. Uh, what's his middle name? Oh, Dad. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> Only a son would know that sort of information. <laughs> Yeah, that's just a an old West grift. Yeah, they get grifted hardcore. But also, I just take the six hundred. Oh, money won while cheating's unlucky. Murdering a man, perfectly lucky. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no what's karma a- from that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a passerby in. You sir, have six hundred dollars. See if you can win it off us, idiots. <laughs> they tried to kill me, so I walked under a ladder, and they were like, "Ah, fuck." We <laughs> <laughs> can't kill a man who's walked under a ladder. Well, I those guys got rolled. Those dumb bad poker players who are quick on the trigger 
and this fucking weirdo who didn't care about the body he You've saw. You've got to stop shooting people. This is just a story about idiots except yeah. for that one guy. Just picturing them all around the table with their big cowboy hats twisting their little moustaches while the guy's literally looking at all their cards. Just going, <laughs> <laughs> grabbing them and turning them around. Got two aces. <laughs> like, mm, this is a mysterious stranger. <laughs> <laughs> He's just sliding their money in his like, This young man don't realise the trouble he's gotten himself into. That money ain't clean. Like, what have I got? A nine. <laughs> Damn, this boy's good. <laughs> the three of them sitting right in front of a mirror. Behind. <laughs> I don't know how you knew that we had nothing, young man, but uh, <laughs> you have certainly swindled us once again. Please forget we murdered your pa. <laughs> I think he might have figured out my tell is that when I have a good card, a good hand, <laughs> I say all the cards out loud. I think he might have picked up on that. nation, a king, a queen, a jack, and a ten. <laughs> I'll oh sit. <laughs> I don't think you sit in poker. I mean, you do if you're playing. Hey, he always figures out my tell that if he says, I bet you won't fold, I fold. <laughs> I don't know how much of this money in my wallet's gonna be unlucky. I gotta get rid of it all. Where did we, us three morons, collectively come up with two thousand two hundred dollars in eighteen sixty-eight? How did? How was the first? Guy? Do we own this town? Double or nothing. I don't like the sound of nothing. How did? How? How did the first guy cheat? Did it say? Didn't say how he cheated. Just that they thought he cheated. Well, he definitely didn't cheat. He definitely didn't cheat because he didn't even win the most amount of money you could have won from these yeah. idiots. The fact that they're they're barometer for like where they're willing to murder a man is losing a third of their money <laughs> now he's, still, he's got 600 of the total of 2200 that we got that's too much but the next person who comes along i'm gonna take it in stride <laughs> i will not be angry i will simply call the police and ask for our 600 dollars <laughs> i don't know why we don't just divvy it up now while there's no man sitting at the table <laughs> Fool me once, you get shot. Fool me twice, the cops are getting involved. (laughs) Now what I will do is call the police after the murder. (laughs) They show, I'll just say, the reason he's dead, somebody went at him with a diamond-shaped instrument. I don't know who, but that explains the mayors. I see, I see, I see. (laughs) Oh, we do not want this $600, for it is cheetah's money. Uh, Now we want the $600. $600 because it is now out. Well, I don't understand the rules about when we get cheetahs money. <laughs> All right, dumb Western guys. Resurrection Mary. I hope we meet you again, dumb. <laughs> I have a feeling we might be haunting these parts for a little while. I don't know much about politics, but I know a good callback when I hear one. And I think I'm going to get involved. I know, yeah, I don't know much about the game of cards, but I know funny characters when I meet them. <laughs> when I have a good hand, I sit in it. When I have a good joke, I sit on it. <laughs> well, I'm going to ride this joke like I ride my horse for way too long till it's tired. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from the, <laughs> the unquiet skies. Okay, we we look above to the unquiet sky. <laughs> yeah, we've spent a lot of the, uh, a lot of time on the ground here. <laughs> we've been in cars. We've been on horseback. 
and we've been whatever the first one was. <laughs> what was the first the one? Cow. Oh yeah, the cow. We've right, we've ridden a cow. Unearthly too. fates. But now it's time to fly. To look above the the Jimmy Carter. Okay, you know Jimmy Carter, mm-hmm. the president of the United States of America. Uh-huh. Current. President. You know he's he's still alive. Jimmy yeah, Carter. Yeah. Jimmy Carter, I believe, is still Seriously? kicking around. Yeah. The Let's Jimmy Carter UFO sighting. Ooh, occurred wow. on January 6th, 1969, in Leary, Georgia, at about 17... 17? 7.15pm. The former US president, who was at the time governor of Georgia, was standing outdoors waiting to address the local Lions Club, and a group of about a dozen people were with him. Here is the president's report, as quoted in the National Enquirer, June 8th, 1976. So this is he's just been elected president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am convinced that UFOs exist because I have seen one. <laughs> a Dude. very, uh, just to be clear, a very unpopular president. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was a one-term guy, right? One-term guy. I am convinced that UFOs exist because I've seen one. It was a very peculiar aberration, but about twenty people saw it. It was the darndest thing I've ever seen. It was big. It was very bright. It changed colours and was about the size of the moon. We watched it for ten minutes, but none of us could figure out what it was. In October 1973, Governor Carter filled out a detailed report uh, for the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, NICAP. In it, he estimated the object to have been about 30 degrees above the horizon, about as bright, uh, about as bright as, but somewhat smaller than the moon, perhaps 300 to 1,000 yards distant. He said that it moved closer and then further away several times before disappearing. Whoa. Not re-elected for a second term, <laughs> President Carter. <laughs> the uh, the sort of people talk about like ah oh, the office has lost all its meaning. <laughs> it it's been meaningless for a while. It's, it's, been, seen- some, <laughs> it's been some kooks around. <laughs> <laughs> It's obviously before the days of like press training where <laughs> you're like, well, we get to pick literally every word you say. He's like, I've done seen a UFO. <laughs> I guarantee while he was saying that, there was some poor like person up the back just doing the little crossing their neck with their hair motion, like, no, just say that you saw a, a, a beautiful family or something <laughs> here in the middle of America. If ever you're describing a UFO and you relate its size to the moon, you've got to think a little bit about what it is you really I saw. I saw this bright thing up in the sky. Couldn't explain it. It was just up there. Like, as big as the moon. About the size of the moon, but I knew it was Did you see the moon at the same time? No, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't see the moon at all that night. Just this bright object. And it kind of moved... As I moved my head back and forward, it moved further. (laughs) (laughs) And then if I turned side to side real quick, it was like kind of shaky. Well, maybe that was Jimmy Carter's way of telling us that aliens exist and he knew it. Because people always think that, like, the president... They get to know. First briefing, right? Is they come in and they're like, all right... Aliens are real. You got to deal with that first. Yeah, yeah. June 1976 is when he told the inquiry. So he hadn't been president for very long. So he must have just been like sitting on that for a bit where he's just like, fuck, I got to tell somebody. I got to get this out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aliens. I saw an alien for sure. So why didn't you guys go investigate that, huh? Wink, wink. Yeah. Wink, wink. Stop <laughs> winking at us, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> then the headline is Wacky President Tells Lie. <laughs> America's worst president. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about Carter. He just he got beat by Reagan right. pretty badly. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he he does a lot of like charity stuff now, right? He builds all those um, UFO shelters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a peanut farmer. He used to be a peanut farmer as ah, well. I've never thought about the fact that you need to farm peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense, but you never think of someone like. Making peanuts. <laughs> you reckon you just grab them? Yeah, I don't know. I've always just thought of them as like. Well, here's the funny thing about where peanuts come from. 
the sky. Oh, shit. <laughs> they are actually delivered by aliens. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you never really thought about where a peanut farm is, because Jimmy Carter just used to get them from aliens. Holy fuck. <laughs> there were no peanuts before 1974 or whatever he got elected. Uh, 69. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the year of the peanut. <laughs> All right, well, Carter thinks he saw an alien. That's weird that people don't talk about that more then. Yeah, I was very surprised to find out that Jimmy Carter saw an alien and no one's like, they always bang on about like, yeah, Area 51. It's like, what about the president who told you he saw one? Yeah. I bet <laughs> who filed the report. in office. <laughs> Do you reckon it's made up? Oh, wait, when did he tell him that? 76? Yeah, 76. That was before he got elected. June oh. 76. Okay, got oh, yeah, yeah. Got elected in And he said he yeah. saw it in like 73 when he was a governor in that, right? I think that's what it said. Either way, like, <laughs> that, it sounds like what, you know how they used to make up those things about Obama where it's like, you know, the other day we saw him drinking blood. Yeah, we saw yeah. that happen. <laughs> well, actually, this is even crazier then. If this was before the election, Gerald Ford lost to a man who was like, yeah, I saw, I saw <laughs> Yeah, <an> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an alien and I think the taxes are probably too high. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this guy makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I'm always talking about taxes. <laughs> I could earn my money legitimately if I didn't have to win it in card games. <laughs> Me, a man from 1868, is voting in this election here in 1976. <laughs> yeah, I pay my taxes with all the cheap money that I get. <laughs> Explains why that government ain't doing so well. They're spending my cheap money. <laughs> it's unlucky. <laughs> Ah, I wish they hadn't come back. Those guys. <laughs> I was, yeah, I wanted to wait longer. <laughs> I was thinking like three episodes from now. Yeah, yeah. Time for me to mosey on into the sunset, then. Bye <laughs> for a trip. So, right. if you want to, hear, this is a miracle. This is in the realm of miracles. So, this is mm. this is unexplained things that are just like this has got to be some yeah. kind of. So, this is a bit of a, a long baby's one. laugh. A, just a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing a reflection in a dewdrop. I beg your pardon? Like- I'm assuming that's the sort of story we're going to talk about. Miracles. Well, this is titled The Statue That Lost Its Head. Ah, oh, nice. That Simpsons yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> there he was. Jebediah Springfield. <laughs> okay. A pun, a pun. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Upon. Upon unlocking the. Unlocking. I forgot how to read. (laughs) Been for sales. (laughs) Upon unlocking the door of a vaulted chamber at Turner's Waxwork Theatre one morning, the janitor was startled to find that one of the wax figures had changed its position during the night and its head lay on the floor behind it. The theatre, which opened in Sacramento in 1857, was the inspiration of Richard Turner, an entrepreneur who had just visited Madame Tussauds' exhibition in London and thought such a show would be popular with the newcomers pouring into town in the wake of the California gold rush. Just very quickly, I'd take issue with their use of the word inspiration there. (laughs) It was the inspiration of a man who saw that thing and went, I'm going to steal that. They're all the way over there in London. I'm going to take it to California. Nobody will ever be the wiser. She can't get me over here with her two swords. Yeah, call it <laughs> me, Richard Turner, and my new Madame Turner's Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy three swords and defend myself with them. What's she going to do? <laughs> it's me, Little Miss Three Swords. <laughs> the nucleus of his new show was a dimly lit guillotine scene with the figures of several Frenchmen and women executed during the French Revolution. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> Something for the whole family. <laughs> An aristocratic couple clothed in the now faded finery they'd worn on their bareheading. A curé, a young lady in waiting, 
and a colourless looking man in a black suit. I can't imagine any of these people because I have no idea what that stuff you said just means. <laughs> what a is curé. a lady in waiting? What is a curé? A curé? I don't know what a curé is. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what a curé is. How do you spell it? Cure, but with a little swish on the E. Ooh, E. A curé. A curé? Some sort of French pastry A chef? young lady in waiting. I think it, what's a lady in waiting? I think it's like a servant, but for someone rich. Wow. I think that's what a lady... Like, you wait around... But you don't want to know something. what a colourless-looking bl- man in a black suit is? That's just a man with oh, no colour in a black suit. Yeah, yeah, I, I can get that one. Um, so it's an aristocratic couple. Okay. So a couple of fancy people. Yeah. A young lady in waiting. A, a curé. Yeah. Priest. Parish priest. In oh. French-speaking country. You want to see one? Yeah, I'd love to see a curé. Yeah, that looks like a priest. <laughs> Show me that curé. <laughs> oh, dude. Looks like he's had a bit too much curéed ham, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> You're fat. <laughs> I think the curé for that is a lot of exercise, brother. <laughs> the label on the podium of this black-suited effigy identified him as Nicodeme Leopold Lapide. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh... It's cool that that guy's dad was Scat Manger. Nicodeme. Nicodeme Leopold Lapide. <laughs> and it was later learned that he had been a tax collector who had unscrupulously lined his pockets with the money of the poor. Cheat money! <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's no good. That cheat money. <laughs> it was Unlucky. the figure of M. Leopold Lapide that had been moved during the night. Sorry, that had moved right. during the night. The show, which was an instant success, what with everyone's love of beheadings. That's a, that mistake you made is the mistake that the janitor made as well. Yeah, it had been moved. I mean, it moved. <laughs> <laughs> the show, which was an instant success, had been open only one week when the janitor, Ezra Potter, came to Turner with his strange story. Turner took extra precautions to keep the door locked at night and had the building patrolled, but the occurrence continued. Finally, after several weeks, Turner and Potter spent a night in the room with the guillotined figures. They fell asleep, only to find on awakening that once again the effigy of the tax collector had moved. The next night, they managed to stay awake, and this is what Turner reported. <laughs> the, the fact seeing. that the first night they were like, "All right, we have to see." Oh fuck, I'm tired. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, there's something about being in this spooky room full of wax figures that's making me really comfortable and sleepy. <laughs> It was remark. It was remarkable. Should I do a voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would have had this voice. It was remarkable. A little before two thirty in the morning, the figure of Monsieur Nicodemus. Ski Nicodemus. Began to move. First the arms, and then the legs stirred. After a moment, we saw the wax face take on a more flesh and blood image, and the brows frowned as if in anger. And then we heard a voice. The figure spoke in French, which Turner could not understand. (laughs) But he repeated the words as best he could to a French Canadian who translated them as follows. Is it not possible? (laughs) Don't do a voice for this one because I cannot understand. (laughs) (laughs) Is it not possible to get some peace at night? The people came to see us die. Now they come to see our spirits encased in wax. Come here no more during the hours of darkness, or you will regret it. This dude has remembered a lot of a language he doesn't speak. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of like, oh, bo, bo. <laughs> <laughs> And the French Canadians go, oh, yeah, so that'd be like uh, if they were all, oh, yeah, don't come here at night, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Gather round, press. 
Something strange happened at my currently failing waxworks business. <laughs> Overnight, the most spooktacular event. Uh, word of this reached a Sacramento journalist who asked to spend a night in the chamber with the waxworks. Oh, they move. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to be down there when they do that. <laughs> Turner consented, and the young man was locked in the room for the night with Potter posted at the door. At 2.31, the janitor scrambled to his feet, aroused by the hysterical screams and pounding on the door. He quickly unlocked it, and the journalist fell into his arms in a dead faint. The newspaper man wrote a detailed account of his experience describing the room and each of the five figures on their podiums. He continued. God, I love the term newspaper man, by the way. (laughs) Where they used to just call people, like, the thing that existed at the end of it and then man. (laughs) Like, he's a bread man. (laughs) You mean a baker? No, he's a bread man. He's a bread man. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Gary, the finest bread man in all these. He's a baker. I think I'll know. I think I know a thing or two about whether or not they're called Breadman. I am a newspaper man myself. My father, Scatman. <laughs> a disgusting man. A disgusting man, but boy, did he have a way with saying words quickly. <laughs> As I sat in the gloom of the lamps. I'm just sorry, I'm thinking about scatting now. Like, I need to hear the word bop 17 times as quick as possible. Get a scat man. Bop, 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 bop. Thank God. Any longer and I would have lost interest. He is the finest scat man in the country. And I should know, I'm a newspaper man. As I sat in the gloom of the lamps, this is the newspaper man reporting his right. experience. As I sat in the gloom of the lamps, a dim, wavering light fell on the rows of figures which were so uncannily, so uncannily <laughs> like human beings that the silence and stillness of their forms made them seem even more unnatural and ghastly. Wait, the fact that the figures were standing still, he was like, they should be moving. <laughs> I greatly miss the sound of breathing, the rustle of clothes, and the perpetual sequence of noises one hears when a deep silence has fallen over a vast crowd. For an hour or two, I sat facing the sinister figures boldly enough. They were, after all, only waxworks. Waxworks don't move. But every time I looked away from the tax man, when I looked back again, he seemed to have struck a slightly different... <laughs> Pose. <laughs> Spinning around and he's got his one finger up in the air. He's just voguing. <laughs> he was doing the walk like an Egyptian when I turned around. I kept on looking and this time I saw something. The waxworks arms did move, slowly at first, then, then more rapidly. <laughs> just back and forth, swinging like he's running. <laughs> like the Terminator run. <laughs> Just standing completely still otherwise. (laughs) Slowly at first, then more rapidly, to suddenly flick of its head. I stared, petrified, gripping the chair. To my added horror, where the the waxwork's head had been, a ghostly visage now formed with a cruel, rapious leer. A what? What Rapious? Rapacious? Rapacious. Maybe rapacious. What's that mean? I don't know, but I've heard it before. Rapacious leer. From old, old old time people. It t- aggressive. Aggressively. Aggressively greedy or grasping. Oh. It turned towards me and moved off its podium. I jumped up to face it, and the waxwork ghost made towards me. 
What frightened me the most was the way I could see through its head. <laughs> really? Not the walking, talking waxman. <laughs> it was okay, God damn it. <laughs> the tax man. The wax man. The wax man tax man. <laughs> the wax man tax man had a plan to whack me. <laughs> Backing to the door, I tapped on it to get the janitor to see the phenomena. There was no answer. I banged hard this time as the waxwork ghost moved moved closer. I turned and it started to bang my fists on the door. I screamed too as I felt the horrid wax hands close round my neck. I screamed again and can't remember anymore, only the welcoming face of Ezra Potter. I would swear by all that is holy that this that I have written is true. Crazy that this newspaper man fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> In the morning, the wax head of M. Leopold Lapidi <laughs> was found on the floor beside the other figures, but the body was in a heap by the door. The fingers were said to be flat and out of shape. <laughs> I think the journalist tried to fuck the wax. <laughs> <laughs> the journalist story was apparently suppressed. It did not come to light until the 1930s, sometime after his death. But the figure of the tax collector was melted down and replaced by another, after which the t- disturbance ended. Turner's Waxwork Theatre continued its successful operation until 1885. When they were sued for copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> by a visiting Madame Toussaint's. <laughs> So there, there you go. There's the the story of the headless tax man, wax man. Wow. Oh, hey. uh, Explain uh, that spooky occurrence. <laughs> okay, the owner lied and the newspaper guy was in on it. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon the owner lied and then the newspaper man had a... I just had a dream. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Go out and find me the most cowardly newspaper man that you can. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd like to stay in that creepy room overnight. Lock me in. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah, the fact that he volunteered and then immediately he's like, even the sound. <laughs> I got locked in there and it was so quiet that I was terrified. I've recently begun as a newspaper man. I've just moved on for my tenure as a pissy pants man. <laughs> <laughs> I still do dabble. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, nearly fell off my chair. I just felt like a ghostly hand behind me and pulling me backwards. Oh, not me, an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the five stories for this week. A bunch of cowards and liars. (laughs) (laughs) Brave enough to fuck a cow. (laughs) I I would not spend a a night locked in with waxworks in a vault. I don't know why they always do it by themselves. That always happens. It's like, so we saw these ghosts and then we're like, let's lock this guy in there by himself to see if it happens to him as well. Yeah, Yeah, just like a bunch of people. People in there by together. Yeah, ghosts have performance anxiety. You can't it, if there's more than two people there, a ghost will not show up. <laughs> Very similar to me. Ghosts are like bonus. <laughs> you get ghost, a ghost like bonus. <laughs> I've never had a foursome <laughs> just because I'm scared <laughs> of a ghost. <laughs> I've never had a foursome with a wax figure. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a foursome utter. Ear <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Sexual organ, please. We're doctors. <laughs> uh, well, I enjoyed all of those stories. Great stories. Thanks, Pete. That's quite all right. Thanks. Uh, the, the Mysteries, Mysteries of, of the, the unexplained. unexplained. Does that book have an author, by the way? It is from Reader's Digest. Oh. Right. They're the publishers. Okay. The words and scrawled just... themselves onto the page. <laughs> Each of the stories is taken from various news sources. One of them was from Ripley's Believe It or Not, if you could believe that. Whoa, Dean Kane wrote this book. <laughs> uh, you were telling us before, and I don't know if you still want to tell this story. You, you've got a, a spooky oh, yeah. story Oh, yeah, yourself. my spooky story. Uh, this happened to me. This was the other night. I was asleep, and then I woke up. I felt like a... Um, I I in my I think it was in my dream. I felt that there was a demon like sitting on my chest. 
Oh. Like a little one, like oh. a little demon sitting on my chest. And I woke up and I could still kind of feel it. And then when I like opened my eyes, it, it felt like it had just left the room. That is, you know, there's like a bunch of paintings and shit of that from it's back like in the day. It's like sleep paralysis yeah, or something. Yeah, sleep paralysis. Yeah. Sleep paralysis. Specifically paintings oh, of sucks. you with the demon on your chest. What? Yeah. <laughs> Please face... lock me in a room with them for a night. <laughs> the face doesn't really look like you. There's a tiny little dick. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Pete and his demon again. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst shit, sleep paralysis. Oh, that that yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah, so if you can call up Ripley's Believe It or Not, I'll be I'll tell them, tell them my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a weird dream. I, oh, whatever. Don't, don't hang up. I ate a plane. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's the guy I always remember from Ripley's Believe It or Not. The guy who ate a whole plane. Yeah, I love that guy. You've talked about that. Yeah, I got bits about that guy, dude. We'll hear more about him in the future, <laughs> I'm willing to bet. Ooh. <laughs> Probably not from this podcast, no, actually, though. But yeah. We'll be back Ooh. next week, though, with more spooky stories of the unknown. In the meantime, if you want to follow each of us on Twitter, I'm uh, at Adam G. Knox. You're at Lucas C. Muller. Boom. You're at Peter the Jones. Bang. And we each uh, post about what we're doing on there. We've all got podcasts going on. I've got a video game one called Filthy Casuals, if you want to listen to that. Uh, and another one called Are ah, You Talking to Me, which we're watching Game of Thrones again and talking about it until the new series is out. What do you got Luke, going on, Luca? Yeah, same stuff. Um, 25 Days? Yeah, 25 Days, podcast we all did together in Edinburgh. Yep. We'll be going to... Where are we going? Goulburn and Canberra? Yeah, yeah. We'll do <laughs> like two there. bonus episodes there, probably, yeah, or maybe just like, one. It's like the end of November. We're also doing shows there uh, called Three's Comedy. Uh, come along to those shows if you're in Goulburn or Canberra. True. We'll be posting about them on our Twitters, so yeah, probably yeah, best to follow sure. us on Twitter if you want to. And I've also got a podcast called Kentucky Fried Chatting, where me and a couple of other people go through every item on the KFC menu. So if you want that, listen to that. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with more. We'll spook you next episode. (laughs) Scare you later. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.